to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 88. Lucky 88. Michael Irvin. Let's roll. Michael Irvin. Who the hell even? I mean, what am I? You know, my guest this week is home team Michael P. Duncan. I just did the Michael Irvin thing to piss him off. You know what I mean? Just so he can come in and be in a bad mood to start it off with. Everybody, welcome Michael P. Duncan. I'm going to be honest. I feel like you're kind of just kicking me while I'm down. Like yesterday, I get in a car accident. My car gets totaled. And you're like, yeah, let's talk about some cowboys. It looked like your fault. You send me pictures. I mean, if I'm an attorney, I'm booking you. It looks like my fault. But like I said, and now I I know you already know this, but now I have to explain it so the world doesn't think I'm a terrible driver. Just own it, man. Just own it. Dude, you didn't see the third car. You saw me slamming into a car that was sitting there doing nothing. What you didn't see is the guy turning left in front of me who just, I would have, if I didn't swerve and hit this other car, I would have T-boned that car and probably killed the old man driving it. Back so, into the left. He needs I want to be very, film. I want to be very clear. Film. I want to be very clear. It was yeah. not my fault. My Well, I legally, I guess, technically they haven't decided yet, but my insurance agent does not believe that they will find me liable. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about this publicly. I've never been in an accident before, but here <laughs> we are. Sure this is public. You know, it's not like the other guy, like this 80-year-old guy is like listening to this going, Mary's talking about me again. Hey, this is what you, you know. don't know. That's, yeah. You don't know I, that. Maybe that, maybe he was listening during. I mean, the numbers uh, the are going up on the show. More and exactly. more people are listening. So I mean, the odds are increasing. Oh that- wait, oh he's got a name though. I can't give it because that's definitely not okay. Yeah, but he has the name of an NFL player that I like. Nice, and it hurts a little bit. Um, I laughed really hard when I saw the name. Nice, um, but uh, it, it was kind of funny. He's de- most definitely not that player though. But uh, was anyway, it, yeah. Was it Lavisca Chenault? Uh, no, it's definitely not with this. Cause I just want to keep guessing and was it Bob greasy? Like when do I, how many guesses do I get? Um, I will tell you after the show, I will not <laughs> tell you on air because again, this is public and I don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, not, not going to do that. Um, uh, yep. you got to tell the people what team he played for at least. Uh, he, he, the Jaguars. Actually. Jaguars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So it's, uh, it's Josh Allen. I I just we're moving on. We're moving on. It's got to be uh, like, you know, just Bob Smith, you know, whatever the you know what I mean? It's that simple. It can't be. It was LaVisca Chenault. You fucked. I, I know like, it was. It was actually really funny that you said LaVisca Chenault. I was like, wow, he got the right team. Same position uh, no, grouping. And everything. Uh, I'm good at this. I'm good. Not LaVisca Chenault. It's not, not Christian Chenault. Kirk. Because, I mean, uh, you no. seem to have a thing for Christian Kirk. Uh, it is not. I, I. It is not Christian Kirk. But I, uh-huh. that is that is the last guess you guess you get on air. All right, Marvin Jones. Listen, I do wanna. I do wanna figure this thing out. We'll we'll get there. I don't know if Marvin Jones is signed, so this could be a technicality. We're gonna figure this thing out, Trevor Lawrence. But um, it is it is rookie time. It is rookie season. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I know that y'all are in. You know these slow drafts. I love it. I'm in like this one with like some newbies. You know, it's like a a local league. Uh, you know, me and me and the nemesis and. You know, people just can't handle the slow draft. And then I'm in one, man, that born and raised league. This is like a campus to Canton league. My first one ever, me and Chalk oh, talked yeah, a, yeah. a bit about, dude, it's the slowest draft I've ever, 
I mean, that's unbelievable. People are just timing out overnight the whole thing. It, like is back it the rookie the, the rookie draft or um, no, like the college draft? It the college draft already happened. That was oh, crazy. this is the NFL draft. This like is the, the NFL side of it, mm, and it yeah. is brutal. Dude, I the one C two C league I did, like it's tough because you do the entire college side and then you do the NFL side. So yeah. like it's definitely like it, it does feel like one really long draft. Ugh. Um the I, I struggle with this with the the college side just because it's like forty seven rounds. And <laughs> yeah. when I'm be like if I'm being honest, the players I knew were gone in round one. Yeah, like four dudes. You're like, all right, now I need yeah. Google, like Google in or like, some shit, you know? In like the twelfth round, I was like, "Yo, hold on a second. because all the college players that I knew went to Clemson because it's girl I dated, big Clemson fan, so I became a Clemson fan during the Deshaun Watson time there. Um, but I was like, "Hold on a second. She had been telling me that they got this new highly recruited quarterback. So I'm like, I'm gonna draft him with my next pick. It was DJ Ugavuela, yeah, uh, and he was taken third overall. So right. didn't get him in the fifth round. Uh, right. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. or whenever that was, but uh, yeah, no, I was fresh out of. That's that's where I ended up drafting George Pickens, not knowing he had a torn ACL. So it worked out. I yeah, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, George Pickens. I've been Team taking George Pickens, uh, baby. some George Pickens right there at the one-two turn, which <sighs> I is pretty, many. <clears throat> which is pretty interesting because that one-two turn. I think there's a lot of stuff going on there that's that's difficult to to parse, and I think there's going to be winners and losers from yep. the one one two turn how you play it you know you've yep. got like pickens and Jahan dotson uh rashad White. i've seen Jahan dotson falling a lot farther than that actually yeah i mean he's in there i mean i but i guess the one two turn i'm just talking about like 11 12 1 2 3 4 you know that sort uh, of okay st- yeah yeah okay yeah you know what i, I, I mean yeah yeah just sort yeah. of parsing out that sort of those six sort of picks there you know even down to malik willis and the other quarterbacks potentially, and Trey McBride, you know, you start to Christian pull. Watson. Yep, Christian Watson is another one, right? So Sky there's going to be some right picks and wrong picks out of that group of players. Um, I I tend to felt feel most confident in George Pickens, and I have him, you know, first in that group. Do you think I'm 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 right there, or what do you think? I mean, I love George Pickens, and I think the landing spot just makes a ton of sense. He might not have the year one impact that some of these other guys have, um, but you know, the Steelers did that for a reason. Deontay yeah. Johnson, I believe, is in the last year of his rookie contract. So. Yeah. And Claypool is in the second to last year. Um, like, they're not going to pay both of those guys. No. I, I truly don't think so. They lo- they let Juju go. Um, and they, they, they're good at developing wide receiver talent. They've got Kenny Pickett. Whether or not we believe in him is kind of, it doesn't matter. They believe in him uh, enough to draft him where they did. And George Pickens, like, you know, if it weren't for the weird off the field issues that I feel like didn't really come up until like right before the draft, but mostly the torn ACL, I mean, there's a real chance he would have gone in the top 10 to 15 in this draft. So the talents there, the team and the like, if there's going to be anywhere that off the field issues doesn't matter, it's going to be under Mike Tomlin. I mean, look at Antonio Brown and not a peep from him for nine years. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, I. I love Pickens, and I think he definitely is near the top of that uh, that grouping for me, for sure. I mean, it's probably not Travis Etienne, as I think about it, but it could be James Robinson. Anyway, yeah, I agree with you on this Pickens situation. You know, he's definitely one of these guys that uh, that that I, I said it. I was just on the Matt Kelly's uh, Mina Mansion, and I was talking about Pickens, and I was like, he's the he's the guy that's like, if if you just run the simulation of his college career a thousand times. He doesn't get hurt every single one of those. And then he's like, yep. he was dope 
in year one. And who knows? He could have been like a first round pick in the NFL, like high, high end first round pick and would have been one of the top two or three, you know, wide receivers in your rookie draft. If you just sort of play his season, his career over a few times and, you know, uh, Matt sort of said, you know, yeah. And there's some of these guys that get hurt in college and then never get hurt ever again. And other guys who are healthy in college and then spend their NFL careers, you know, uh, on, on the, on the injured reserve. So and the thing I mean, is like yeah. torn, torn ACLs are not what they used to be right. and they're not career enders anymore. Like they're Certainly really not. not even close and it's not even, it doesn't even signal any sort of like injury proneness. Like that's like the, the, that's like hamstrings, that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, like the, the 20 is like for some people, like some people think it's actually kind of good. You kind of almost get it out of the way and now your knees in better shape most yeah. of the time yeah. than it was yeah. beforehand. So yeah. like, I agree. Like I, if, if he's healthy by training camp, which he should be, cause he was more or less healthy at the end of the year. Like I, yeah, I think the upside is probably better for just about better than just about anyone in that range. Uh, yeah. for George Pickens. Yeah. And I think he's getting his values getting insulated because of the, the quote unquote mouths to feed argument yeah. where it's like, Oh, they got, you know, DJ and Fryermuth and, Claypool and you know every Harris. you know right you know it's like and it's like well so what if he's good he's good like if he's not yep. good he won't be like it's not like oh he's really good but it's not how it works like if dudes are dope they they elevate themselves and they they yep. outplay some of these other guys and they carve out their own sort of target share and I think he might be good but he's also only 21 so you're yeah. right it could be sort of one of these years I really don't expect too much from him uh this year me flashes what's that I, it flashes. Yeah, sure. Not totally. a consistent fantasy starter. No, absolutely not. I don't. I don't foresee that this year. It's possible. I think it would be yeah, most possible if there were were an injury to Claypool yep. or, or or Deontay. But you know, I think as a third receiver, you know, he's just going to be just that. And then there's Najee and Fryermuth too. So a lot of a lot of targets there. And we have questions as to whether or not that offense will be able to move the football. Uh, they certainly weren't able to do that last year with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. Now they get either small hands, Kenny Pickett or Trubisky. I, I like, I, I, I think in all honesty, like it's about as good of a situation as you can land in for all the reasons we've said, but also suddenly the issue uh, like with DJ and Claypool, Fryermuth, even Harris a little bit, you're worried about the fact that there's a rookie quarterback, but with Pickens, I just don't even care right. because he's a rookie too. It, 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 you almost kind of like, I am ready to just chalk up this season as a, let's see what you got. And then next year you're not dealing with a rookie quarterback. And That's that right. is, that is better for the fantasy value, not just of him, but of everyone in that offense and the offense as a whole. So it's a really good growing situation. And like he, he, I agree that I think his value is going to be fairly insulated, assuming, you know, nothing crazy happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so that brought us to John Dotson, who you've seen yep. slipping. And I think there's a lot of reasons. I think like, you know, we've all, we've all been doing this for long enough to remember that, you know, look, first round senior wide receivers tend not to be the one you want to target. That early yep. declare thing that we talk about is, is real for a reason. I don't know that that makes Jahan Dotson a good or a bad player. It just means that it's less likely he's a good player. It doesn't specifically mean he's not good. That's obviously ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, the, the the fact that he is a senior first round wide receiver coming out of Penn State, I don't know. You know, um, he he just scares me just ever so slightly. 
Yeah, it's a shame because I love Jahan Dotson. Sure. Like, pre-draft, I really liked the player because I thought that he would be going in the late 20s in the draft. Yeah. And the, the ideal landing spots were the the Packers or the Chiefs. Right. Because I, I thought that he was a, a, a ready-made wide receiver in a lot of ways, but also putting him in a a consistent and a good offense with a consistent and good quarterback is the best way to elevate him and also get a good value. But the thing is, is like they shouldn't have traded up to, they should not have taken him at 16. Right. Uh, they, they shouldn't have. Um, and Terry McLaurin's there. You don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz is better than Taylor Heineke for fantasy. Um, but I mean, honestly, at this point, it almost feels like Jahan Dotson, like, I feel like I've gone around the world, like, twice on him, where now he's yeah. a value, yeah. and he's way That's more right. of a value than he should be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do find, I, I've drafted him in a couple of places in, like, the like early second round, because it's just, like, at that point, you know, I'm looking at different wide receivers, and I'm like, okay, um, Wandell Robinson, John Mechie, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce, yeah, give me David Dotson. Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I love some of those guys. Like David Bell is a guy I'm drafting everywhere. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to bet on the first rounder. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good question. It's like, would you rather Jahan Dotson or David Bell? And in a vacuum, just looking, you know, if you didn't know their names, you just looked at the profiles, it would be like, it would be Dotson, but it's close, man. It's really close. Yeah. And Bell, and I'm thrilled at Bell's landing spot. Like he was a guy that I, I'm, fairly sure I was above consensus on pre-draft. He was one of the earliest, like um, I, I did not, I was not able to keep up with my model this off season as much as I would have liked. Cause I've had a lot of stuff going on, but like he was one of the earliest standouts in my model when I first started uh, like looking at these prospects and like, he's at a great landing spot where there's just not a ton of like, you know, already developed target competition. Um, and I just think he's a really talented player. So yeah. he has been consistently that pick for me in like the mid second round, which is where I find a lot of my rookie picks this year. Um, so we can, we can, we, we know he's not fast and we know the NFL overdrafts speed. So yep. the draft capital and the 40 time to me go hand in hand. I don't want to double count it. I may have been double counting it a little bit and I need to be careful. So I, w- I would just be careful out there you know, fading David Bell too far. That's the one thing I would say. I probably have been doing that. Um, and I need to be, I need to be a little bit more careful with that. I think David Bell's a, 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 a really great pick in the mid second, which is where he's going. So uh, yeah, he's a smash there. I'm sure that's where you're getting him every single time. Is that right? Yeah, happily. Um, it obviously somewhat depends on the guys that are available at that time. Um, but I'm seeing guys that I like a lot less being drafted over him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, late, like middle to late second is normally where I see him going. Yeah. I, I was, I was in a rookie draft and, uh, this guy puts in the, in the, uh, chat, he says, uh, can we get rid of the ADP for next year and just have these guys listed alphabetically, you know, because he just wants, he wants that edge, you know? Yep. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, of, that, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting conversation. Uh, cause I, I, that was a, that was a discourse on Twitter recently. Um, and I both love it and hate it. Yes. Um, very mixed feelings towards it. Cause also like I'm lazy yeah. and I, I don't pretend to be perfect. Like right. in my home league, I definitely know more generally speaking about these rookies than most of the people in my league. So that would give me an advantage, but right. also like I can be an idiot. I'm busy. Yeah. I have other things to do. Yeah. So, but you have access to my rankings, so you'd be fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
But I mean, there is truth to that. Like, you know, I mean, I guess guys would just have to do more research and those who yeah. didn't do any research going into a draft would just be like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, be, uh, you, you basically, you'd open up the NFL draft board and yeah. you would like take the next. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you would do. You, you would can get by, to. but yeah, yeah, you would have to, you'd it'd make be, it'd be problems for sure. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, uh, and, and I think that, 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 that dude should just play in a league where the rookie draft is before the NFL draft. I hate that though. I know, but that, that that's where he's going to find his edge. I mean, if you're looking for, edge, I mean, yeah, you if you're looking for an edge, then yeah, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes that's not always an edge. I know. Like sometimes when you're really tuned in, you end up be, like Malik Willis. Yeah. He would have gone one Uh yeah. I, I don't know necessarily if a lot of non fans were expecting Malik Willis to be the one one like non pros, quote right. unquote, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes yeah. thinking that you're getting an edge isn't always getting an edge. But yeah, that's kind I think of a we whole were, different We were talking about on this show though, Michael. You remember? I mean, we we were basically saying, look, there's uncertainty on these quarterbacks. It's tough, which is yeah. why I was fading them. I didn't know where to put them. I kept I kept asking, what do we do? I mean, the Malik Willis thing was, yeah, certainly if you if he was getting anywhere in first round draft capital in the NFL draft, he was certainly a, a, a must yeah. push of the button at uh at one or two. Hey, by the way, I just drafted him at the two, four, whatever that is. So pick 16 felt pretty good about that. What do you think about Malik Willis? And uh, now that you bring him up and where do you think he should be going? And, and is he worth that pick over David Bell? Cause I think I took him over David Bell. I did. So I took him right there in front. It was basically him or David Bell at that, at that, at that pick. Is it a wasted pick? I think so. Yeah. Uh, like, like I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think I've drafted a single quarterback in any. No, that's not true. Before the fourth round, I don't think I've drafted a single quarterback in any rookie draft that I've done. Um, I Kenny Pickett. I just haven't really been in a position where it's like Kenny Pickett would go after. He'd go like eight for me yeah. at, at best. Like it's after you know the like the the kind of how I view the top seven, which is the two running backs and the five wide receivers, um, and then. Like Kenny Pickett, maybe, um, but at, like after that, I, I, there's a lot of players that I re- like. If he falls, sure, but there's a lot of players that I really like in that second round. Maybe not really like, but I think have a much better chance of being fantasy relevant. And like the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter what we think about these quarterbacks because if the Titans suck or maybe they're fine, but they draft a quarterback next year, Malik Willis is done. Yeah. Like if they draft a first round quarterback next year, and that's true for every single quarterback that's not named Kenny Pickett, like, and that's, I, I just look at it historically. Like, yeah. how many third, how many third round picks in None the NFL them. draft since yeah. two thousand have been like relevant? Yeah. There's two. Yeah. Well, Russell Wilson Tom and Nick Brady, Foles. Tom Brady. No, no. What about Dak? Prescott? Oh, sorry. I'm, I said specifically third round. That's oh, my bad. sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, specifically third round. It's Russell Wilson and Nick Foles in the same draft, which was just for. I, I love how he stupid. throws Nick Foles in there somehow. I mean, hey, the man has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, he beat uh, your man, so I've I don't want to hear heard it. of it. Don't know what happened. Um, and actually, he was he a he might have been a fourth round pick. I, no, he's a third round pick. I'm right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like late round picks, they just don't happen very often. Yeah. Like Dak Prescott was the just an anomaly. Yeah, completely. he's an outlier. Yeah. Yeah, so he, Dak Prescott isn't the reason that you should be taking these exactly. quarterbacks. That's correct. Now, it is a, a cautionary tale that, like, you know, there there were some of us who believed in Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson 
or Tom Brady or whatever, you know, and you were like, no, no, I think he's good. But even still, there has to be a lot of like luck in their sort of path to get get on the field. You know what I mean? Tony Romo got injured in the preseason. Yep. Like exactly. Yeah. Luck. If that didn't happen, that Dak Prescott, I I highly doubt he's where he is right now. At least in the exact same position. That's right. It's something Um, different. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, the guys that the, the quarterbacks that I've drafted are Matt, Matt Corral and Sam Howell. And that's basically it. Um, Desmond Ritter's gone a little bit. I, I like them both. I, I think they both, uh, again, I like them because of their cost. Yes. Neither of their cost is too high, where it's like in the third round, the, the guys that are going around those third, fourth round, it's like Tyler Algier, Keontae Ingram, who I like, Brian Robinson, Justin oh, Justin Ross, good Lord, uh, Khalil Shaker, Shakir, uh, on Thornton fell a little bit. Like, not guys that I'm overly convinced will yeah. really do much. So I don't feel bad taking a shot on Matt Corral or Sam Howell, who I think are both more likely to start this year than Malik Willis. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I there's a there's a possibility. I asked you pre-show. There's a possibility that Matt Corral starts Week One. Yeah. I mean, because you know the alternative is Sam Darnold. I don't think there's anybody anywhere, even Sam Darnold's parents, who are like, no, no, he should start for sure. Like, there's very, very few people who feel that way fans players in that locker room almost nobody so if the if the front office and coaching staff feels anywhere close to that then they have to be taking a long hard look at Matt Corral now they draft him in the third round but um he still might be better right now than Sam Donald it's very very possible this kid's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder too now that could just be you know bloviating and he's not good. I mean, I'm not saying that's it, but you need a little bit of that sort of irrational confidence to play the position. Uh, you know, oh, you don't yeah. want a guy who's uncertain of himself. So this, this sort of moxie that we're seeing from Corral, I kind of like it a little bit. I mean, he's still going to have to perform, but the fact that he thinks he can win this job, Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a leg up. And, and, and whoever does win this job, Michael P Duncan, you've got a lot of weapons. I mean, you got Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore amongst others. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I stand by that. I think I think Sam Darnold will start the season unless Matt Corral just blows it out of the water. Because I think if you if you're the head coach, if you're the GM, it's a lot easier to go from Sam Darnold to you're paying a bunch of money to Matt Corral than go from Matt Corral to Sam Darnold. Right. Um, and I, I I think they would be elated if Sam Darnold worked out this year, and they're going to give him every opportunity to. Um, and I think the head coach knows that his job is on the line. Um, and I think that's going to impact it. And, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it's a lot tougher to, you know, start the rookie and then have to bench the rookie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's tougher on the locker room too. Whereas like, if you're just putting this rookie to say, all right, you know, we're fucked anyway, go for it. I think that's a much better situation of bad situations that you can walk into. Yeah. So let's put it this way. There's two ways that you can draft Matt Corral. One is you believe in him. The other is you don't believe in him as a player. Yeah. But yeah. I think either way, you probably, I believe that he's going to get an opportunity this yep. year at some point. Yep. Would you agree? Yes. yes. Right? I think he's going to get a start, if not multiple starts. Obviously, it will depend and upon. I, th- I think that's well, all that matters. Right? Okay. So if you do believe in him, then fucking draft his ass and you got yourself a starting quarterback going forward. He's going to be great. You're all good. If you don't yep. believe in him, 
then draft his ass. And the moment that he's announced as a starter, don't even let him play a snap because you're afraid he's going to suck balls. So just yep. sell him for, you know, certainly more than a late second. You could sell him for two seconds. I mean, in other words, you're going to reap profit. I would guess that yeah. you could probably even get like a 24 or 25 first from somebody. Hey, man. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Down from the someone road, that really needs a, a quarterback? 20- Absolutely. Yes. Right? So, hey, man, that, that, Corral's yeah. a starter now. He's worth a first. You would have drafted him in the first. How about just a 24 first? Now, all of a sudden, you profited on your pick. So that's the Matt Corral pathway to profit. Um, it's a little risky. And by the way, the the yeah, go ahead. basically all of that, I think, maybe a tad less likely, but is all very similar with Sam Howell. Hmm. Later round pick, yes. Not as easy of a situation to get starts, but I still think that he starts at some point this season. Here's the problem with that. I've said this on a couple of spots. I think you you produce a show where I said it. Uh, this one. Yeah, checks notes. Anyway. I do I do produce this show, yes. <laughs> anyway, Sam Howell, are we sure he's the backup? I mean, if no. Lentz, yeah, okay, thank no, you. No, I'm not sure. That's different. But your your cost is less, too. Yeah, and that's that. Yeah, you can get so you can get Fourth Sam Howell fifth, sometimes yeah. a whole 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 round later. Or and more, just yeah. because he's the backup does not mean that he's not more likely to start than Taylor Heineke. And I think the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, if Carson Wentz gets injured in a game, it's Taylor Heineke. Yeah. But if Carson Wentz is out for seven weeks, I think it's far more likely that at one point they're just like, all right, we're going to see what Sam Howell has. Maybe. Yep. I agree. And I, I think that's an organizational decision. So again, because it's so late, less. he costs, it, yeah, it, it yeah. costs even less. Yes. It, it's kind of, it, it's, 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 um, it's Matt Corral's situation just taken down. A, a, yes. Like, I thought you were going to say Desmond Ritter because I feel like Ritter has a very similar situation to Corral. But he's more expensive. Is he? Oh, I've seen, yeah. I see him going not that far off from Malik Willis everywhere. Wow, okay. And that's exactly why I haven't drafted him anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not paying up for any of these guys. The way I've been looking at it, I think I played it right. Like, just let them fall to you. I mean, Malik Willis is one of those, man, I don't know. I I probably pushed the button a little early at the 2-0, whatever the fuck, 4. But, you know, for me, it's like, I think, you know, uh, Scott Connor made me feel better about it. He goes, he's probably going to have this much value in one year from now because of the situation where he probably won't play. And the scenario where you said that they draft a first-round quarterback, obviously that really, really kills him. So I get that. But between now and that draft pick made, so uh, almost a full calendar year, I don't think his value goes down. I think he's worth a second pretty much the whole way because the – allure of his upside doesn't go away because he's not going to play and suck more more than during during the season yes but i think as soon as the season's over i think his value tanks because i i think the i think atlanta's going to be bad i think they're going to have a top five pick and i'm talking about willis oh yeah i I thought you were still talking about ritter no ritter's the other way Um, i agree with you ritter's the other way okay then yes that in that in that way i completely agree with you yeah ritter Um, ritter could play and suck which would yeah. be, that's the gamble with Ritter. Like yeah. he could get in there and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, because he's got some yeah. issues. Yeah. I, so, and by the way, I was just, I was looking at one of the drafts I did. Um, I got Alec Pierce two picks after Desmond Ritter in the late second round. So that's why I'm not really drafting Desmond Ritter anywhere. Yeah. What pick was uh, Ritter? Ritter was 2 9 in a year yeah. in this league. It's the Dynasty drought. Yeah. Oh, man. I fucking killed that league. 
Yeah, you do. Oh, well, so uh, yeah, I that mean, was an orphan for me, and I I did not win a single game, and that went according to plan. So I don't even care. That's true. I'm, that I'm is... team. I'm team. Trust the process. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I don't have a starting quarterback. All of last year, the only quarterback I had that was even slightly relevant was Trey Lance, and he started what two games. That's my. Uh, that was my undefeated championship team. Yeah. I oh I know I know it's so good. Um, yeah, I've just been I've been stockpiling. Um, Young tight ends and uh, wide receivers. I drafted Trey McBride in this draft because he fell to me. I traded for Kyle Pitts last year. I have Noah Fant, Fant and Adam Troutman, and then I have a bunch of younger wide receivers too. You so. know, it's it's a it, this is a tough a tough spot because I have a I have a podcast, yeah, and I owe do, it yeah. to the listeners, not the not the listeners who are in leagues with me who listen for intel and to fuck with me, not those guys, yeah. The, the actual listeners. Look, if I only had like seven listeners, I wouldn't say any of this. I would just basically lie on this motherfucker. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, I would just give them false information all the time. But I owe it to the to the the good listeners, not the shitheads that are in leagues with me. I owe it to the nice people who are out there just trying to make themselves better. And so I'm. I was going to hesitate to answer to say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I am getting Julius Chestnut in every league I'm in. Yeah, Period. It's, uh, I don't blame you. Period. I'm getting Julius Chestnut in every league I'm in. And then I went and looked because he's oftentimes he goes undrafted. And I so I picked him up in every league I'm in, except for one where I look. And of course, my boy Chalk is already yeah. rostering his ass. And I yep. had to get mad but happy because, of course, Chalk has got him in the league. So uh, yep. that, that, that I think is the way to go, you know, with a fifth round pick or you know, free agent pickup or waiver wire ad after the draft. Just make sure you get yourself some Julius Chestnut. Uh, park him on the, uh, on the taxi. Because here's the thing, man. I, I love James Robinson. I loved Elijah Mitchell. And I, I didn't get enough James Robinson because he got, he went undrafted. And so I, I was like, nah, he's dead. You know, there's no chance. There's no, no, you know. And if I had just been sort of a little bit more strength and conviction, yeah. I would have had a lot more profit from that play. Yeah. So I've, I'm learning from that. I'm not saying Julius Chestnut is going to fucking automatically be that guy, but he's the one of the guys I think that is that guy. So uh, I, I just want to let the people know. Go get it. And ass. actually, real, real quick. Not in my league, um, though, you motherfuckers. Uh, real quick, I just want to say this is something I've been weirdly thinking about a surprising amount, but I actually wouldn't put him on the taxi squad. He's not the kind of guy I want to put on the taxi squad because there's a really good chance that he plays – like. If he's going to have value, I feel like it's more likely it happens this year when it's you're true. not expecting it. Yeah. So, like, if I had James Robinson on my taxi squad, that's a waste of a taxi squad yeah. spot. I prefer to put people like tight ends, uh, tight, tight, tight ends. That's normally yeah. like ninety yeah. percent of my taxi squad because yeah. I like drafting late tight ends. But also like the like the Tyler Johnsons of the world. Yeah. Um, where it's just like basically wide receivers and tight ends for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Um, I, and that's just a really quick, I guess, like game theory type. Well, thing. and sometimes um, I'll throw a quarterback on there. Like if I have three yes, or four yeah. like startable quarterbacks and yeah. now I have corral and you know, it's like, I'm not playing his ass. I yes, might trade yeah. him, but I don't need to play. And if I do need to play him, it's desperation break glass in case yeah. of emergency situation. So I don't really give yeah. a fuck about the extra taxi squad spot at that, at that point. I'm just like, thank yeah. God I had Matt Corral, my taxi spot. Oh, I agree. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with it's you. It's really like, just not running back. Sort of. It's true. At least for the in, most part. That's, that's kind of what I've like come to. Yeah. Running backs of. are the ones that can be vaulted into opportunity very, very quickly. And so yep. therefore you kind of want them on your bench, but you get my drift. If it is a deep yes. enough league where you can yes. afford to, 
whether it's Julius or some uh, some other player, you know, even though you might draft Dulcich and Woods ahead of Julius, yep. you're more likely to put those guys on the taxi. Yes, than the running back. I agree. Good dynasty um, game theory advice, Michael P. Duncan. Thank you. Um, speaking of late round picks, you want to know my favorite fifth round pick that I've found myself taking everywhere that I didn't even realize I would do? Can I guess? Guess. It's not Travis Etienne or James Robinson. It might be Marvin Jones. It might be James Robinson. I think it's Marvin Jones. Uh, these are wrong kind of guessing. Oh, yeah. Shit. Sorry. Rookie um, draft. Rookie draft. Um, well, you, it can't, you can't say Dulcich because he's No, too, it's not Dulcich. No, you no. You do no, like Dulcich, guy, though. I do like Dulcich. Um, I do really like Dulcich, actually. Uh, but no, this is a guy that I ha- I don't think I've seen him go before the last round of the draft. Okay. Well, um, Kennedy Brooks, because he's an eagle. No, no. I uh, Yeah, I'll pick him up in free agency maybe, but I, I don't think there's... No, no. Who is it? It is Danny Gray, San yeah. Francisco wide receiver. Sure. He was like the last pick in the third round, I think. So he got day two capital. He's a guy I did not know very much prior to the draft, to be honest. Um but like Debo wants out, maybe he gets out, maybe he doesn't. But like, I he's he's too easy of a bet to not take there. Yeah, because like we're not talking about an undraft. Like we're not talking about Justin Ross. Like we're talking about a dude who has third round draft capital. Right. Like that. That is that is something. That is what you're looking for. Is day one or day two, and he's got it. And at that point, it's like in the fifth round, you're looking at a bunch of guys that probably went in the seventh round of the NFL draft or went undrafted. And then for some reason, Danny Gray is just there every time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I like it. I will tell you that I think um, there's enough tight end depth where there's enough sort of uh, late tight ends that I really like yeah. that I don't even care which ones I get. But on a taxi squad, I'm just looking like, you know, Ruckert, James Mitchell, like Ruckert's got a chance to play, you know, uh, yeah. Daniel Bellinger has a chance to play. Uh, Cole Turner backing up, um, you know, Logan Thomas. They don't have exactly a, a staffed uh, wide receiver core, too. He could play some slot. Um even if it's a stash and then maybe next year, I mean, these are the types of guys I want. Look, I don't want to roster them on a team where, especially if I have to draft them and then like have them on a roster without a taxi or without super deep, because they're not going to do shit very likely. Even Kolar and uh, Isaiah likely the two guys in Baltimore, like you're thinking, God, there's Andrews. It's, it's a tough, tough deal. Uh, The, the Philadelphia guy, Cal Katera that uh, Blake really likes. Um, there's another uh, player, man. He's interesting. He, you got how Jake much you know Ferguson, about him? You got Kate Otten, uh, yeah. Kate Otten over in Tampa Bay. I mean, it, look, if, if Gronk gets hurt or, you know, and then it's just Cam Brait, or if he doesn't come back, Gronk, you know, I think he comes back, but yeah. you know, it's like, there's a pathway for him to play there. Like, so I know a lot of these guys too. Like we think that they're like, Oh yeah. What if this guy gets hurt? Well, they trade for like, you know, some other guy, you know, yeah, Harrison Bryant or what? Yeah, I don't know. You know, what I mean, like shit. Just you know, um, someone else goes someplace else, and, and they and they get a guy. You know, the uh, what Ricky Seals Jones uh, corollary, yeah. right? You know, um, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of those guys that I really like. That I think you can just sort of scoop them all up, throw them on a taxi. So even if you have no picks in a draft, kind of don't worry about it. Especially if you have a five man taxi, just you know, free agent tight ends and throw them down there and see what happens. You're bound to get one 
out of those five if you just pick any one of those five? I, I've said this before on this podcast, but that is 100% just the way that I approach the tight end position. Yeah. Like, I'm almost never taking the first tight end off the board unless they fall to me. Like, Trey McBride, I think, was actually a pretty good value in the one place that I've drafted him so far. Um, but, like, other than that, I, I just wait and I take the second or third guy in, like, the fourth or fifth round. I stick him on my taxi and I expect nothing of him for two years. Yeah. Like, for the last, the, in my main home league, like I did that, I've done that every year. Like I, it was uh, Irv Smith a couple years back, who I just made a really interesting trade with actually. Um, but Irv Smith, I did Adam Troutman, uh, Tommy Tremble, I think I did last year, along with maybe one other guy. But like if you do it every year, like tight end is such a crap position, but it always takes so long for guys to be relevant that. It's just like, I, I, I don't see a better way to do that, assuming that one day I'm just going to trade for a really good tight end anyway, if none of these guys work out. Right. Like, I'd rather that than, you know, dr- spend my second round pick or my first round pick on a guy like Noah Fant. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, right. Ex- exactly. I mean, because even Noah Fant has left you wanting more, and he was the prototype. I mean, he was right there. Yep. OJ Howard, you know, yep. David and Joku. There's a lot of like yep. shrapnel. Uh, in the first round tight end landscape, you know, Hawkinson's awesome. Hasn't really yeah. done it for you yet. Hasn't won you shit. You know, uh, Pitts is an absolute monster. Was, you know, I mean, just didn't do it last year. I think he's going to be awesome. So yeah. I'm not, not poo pooing. He's kind him, of but, in his own conversation a little but, bit. But you get my point. Like, even the best of the best still didn't win you shit. So it's kind of like you just want to kind of find these tight ends as you, as you go. Now, I yep. think Pitts is in a different category. Don't at me. Yes. But, um, no, I, 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 I'm the one who said you should draft him one one last year. So I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a completely separate conversation. Yeah. I just mean like the guys like Noah Fan and TJ Hawkinson, which normally go like, you know, like the first round, yeah. second round turn. Sort Late of, first round kind as of far as I could see. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, Indianapolis. You know, it's kind of interesting. They're going to have Matt Ryan potato face yep. at the quarterback position and, you know, there's like, it's clear that Michael Pittman is good. It's clear yeah. that Jonathan Taylor is a Very generational good. talent. Yes. He is. We That's settled. I think so. I think it's probably safe to say. Settled. Thank you very much. Settled settled science at this point. So, but after that, it's like, you know, there's a lot of roles to be filled, right? The tight end. Jelani Woods was drafted with premium draft capital. Is he going to be a starter? Is it going to be Moali Cox? I don't know, but one of them's got to play. And I feel like Matt Ryan will find a way to target some tight end. Uh, so there's a there's some tight end value a brewing there in Indianapolis. Everybody knows I really like Jelani Woods. Of course, I really like Moali Cox as well. So between the two of them, I think one of them should have some production this year, you would think. Um, and then the wide receivers. You know, Paris Campbell is free 99. He's supposedly healthy. He was a look, man. He was starting to play pretty well. I mean, I know he hasn't been able to stay healthy for like a minute. So it's like, I get it if you're skeptical, but at his excited. cost, it's like, why would you be skeptical at that cost? That cost is free, you know? So I have no problem trying to make a move for Paris Campbell. I have a few shares of, of Paris and I'd be really excited to see what he can do. I'm not betting on him breaking out and having this huge season, but it's in the realm of possibilities because someone's going to be the number two. Now I know that you like Alec Pierce. I don't hate Alec Pierce. Um, I'm skeptical and nervous about his profile, but it could be him. It could be Ashton Doolin. 
it it's won't be, be Michael Trashcan. It might be Michael Strachan. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's pretty cut and dry here. Like, Michael Pittman, I think, is actually, like, a massive value right now because I don't think people are viewing him the way that they should be viewing him, which is he's a guy, like, he... who. Can you really make the argument that CeeDee Lamb has put himself above Michael Pittman just based on what they've done in the NFL? Like, clearly, no questions asked. Like, I don't think you can. And I think that that speaks to where Michael Pittman is being valued right now, which is just not high enough. Matt Ryan's going to be the best quarterback that he's played with. Um, it's going to be, you know, his third year. Um, and he's going to be the clear number one wide receiver. And I, th- I think that's great for Michael Pittman. And I think the reason I like Alec Pierce is because Michael Pittman's there. I don't necessarily really believe in, like, he has the physical tools to be a, like, quote-unquote number one. Like, he's, like, what, 6'3". Uh, he's fast. Um, I just, I see him kind of falling into a T.Y. Hilton type of role as, like, a deep ball, field-stretching type of guy. Um, but I believe in him more from a longer point of view, I think. In that he doesn't, call, he's not going where I think a lot of second round wide receivers are going in rookie drafts, and he physically has the tools, and there's not a lot else going on there, and they spent a second round pick on him, so he's not a guy that I was particularly excited about before the draft, but I think just based on landing spot and just generally the situation that he finds himself in. He's a guy that I am happy to take at value in rookie drafts. Yeah, I to- I totally agree. I mean, I think it's very interesting. Um, they've got a sort of a crowded, um, you know, depth chart after Michael Pittman. In other words, it's kind of, in- and I agree that the Paris Campbell, you know, second round pick draft capital buoy is off yeah. to see it's gone. It's not yeah. there anymore because now it's just a, a guy with one year left on a contract who they can just cut bait with. So it's like now he's not buoyed to that. Alec Pierce is because he's yep. drafted in, in the second round in 2022, not 2019. That's a big difference. Um, you know, so that, that, that I agree with. And, you know, Strachan and all these other guys are basically, they've got no draft capital behind them. Uh, even my boy Ashton Doolin, um, you know, also doesn't really have anything either. So someone behind them is going to be uh, a meritocracy, you would think, after Pierce and Campbell. I do think it'll likely be Pittman, Pierce, Campbell to start off the season. Unless Pierce isn't ready, then it would be one of the other, you know, one of the other guys, a, a Doolin or a, or a trash can. Um, you know, I think Jelani Woods just makes himself comfortable as the as the tight end two there and then we'll just yeah. sort of see what happens with the Moali Cox Jelani Woods um you know sort of positional battle look Jelani's got all the physical tools but we we have to know the reasons why tight ends don't start so soon it's because it's one of the toughest positions to play yep. in the NFL and because they have to learn all the slot routes they have to learn all the 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 pass routes from tight they have to learn all the run blocking and pass blocking it's like well that's kind of a lot you know they're they're kind of a half tackle half wide receiver and so for that reason you know in the nfl they they can't just be a one-trick pony uh you know in high school football the tight end can just sort of play one kind of way but in the nfl if that's the way you play then the defense has a gigantic advantage which is why you know we target these guys who can stay on the field 
in, in all sorts of game situations, guys who can block. That's why blocking matters for tight ends, not because it's a point per block, but you know, you get on the field, gets them on the field. Yeah. And in the, in the end zone and at the goal line, you know, if you can't block anybody, you're not in at the goal line. So, you know, and the goal line is where checks notes, uh, that's where you catch touchdowns. So usually, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. So look, I think there's just something, there's a lot of value there. And, And Alec Pierce being a mid second round pick, even that is not very expensive to be investing in the second most targeted player on a team that should be pretty good. Um, yeah. So someone there is going to sort of step forward and, and whether it's Alec Pierce at his value or Paris Campbell at his value, I think they're both great values. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. And uh, speaking of like a crowded room and there's yeah. going to be value somewhere, but we don't know where. And that is your New England Patriots running back room. You've obviously got a uh, new rookie running back, Pierre Strong. You've got Damian Harris. You've got Ramondre Stevenson. You've got James White coming back. And uh, Kevin Harris, is that the uh, like yeah. sixth rounder that they took? The South Carolina um, kid, yeah. Yeah, so they've got a lot going on. And you and I were talking a little bit about this before the show, but why don't you tell me kind of your theory, the way you're thinking about this? Well, I've just been trying to figure this thing out because you're right. There's generally some value in the New England backfield. Every year, there seems to be some value there. Now, the Damian Harris value, I think, is uh, a balloon waiting to pop because as good as he is, man, he's a fun dude to watch. But in fantasy football, you know, I think he – I don't remember. I'd have to look. I'm not looking at my notes here on Damian Harris. But, I, I mean, he had this amazing touchdown season. It was still like a low-end RB2. So even his, like, historic touchdown percentage and and, and – ability to score touchdowns and usage in the red zone and all that didn't win you shit in your league. So for that reason, Damian Harris also in the last year of his deal becomes uh, a a, a hot potato. Uh, Ramondre, similar draft capital last year. And now Pierre Strong, similar draft capital this year. Very interesting. Uh, I think if you look at the sort of the way these guys play, you would sort of put Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kevin Harris as one sort of prototype. I know they're not exactly the same, but more of that sort of early down, you know, grinder for lack of a better term. Now, I know Kevin Harris can catch the football, and Ramondre showed that ability as well. But generally, with James White coming back, James White will certainly be that, you know, the old Tom Brady, you know, pass-catching back for Mac Jones. You know, and so that's his role. Now, he's coming back from injury. He's 30 years old. They drafted Pierre Strong with a similar pick, a fourth-round pick, the same type of pick they picked James White with. Now, Pierre Strong is more athletic than James White ever thought about being. It's not even close. Right? So this kid... He's the fastest running back at the combine. Yeah, this kid has legit breakaway speed. If he's anywhere close to the pass-catching player that James White is, he could take over that role plus. So Pierre Strong has this sort of sneaky Alvin Kamara sort of like usage that could be like, oh shit, remember when Pierre Strong was like a third round rookie? Like he's that type of player. And he's sort of being protected by this uncertainty in this backfield, as they all are, I guess, to some degree. I would just be taking shots here with this backfield. You know, I don't know what to make of it. And for that reason, because no one really knows, 
I suppose you can just bet on the talent of Pierre Strong and just hope it hits. Yeah, I mean, so Pierre Strong is obviously a guy that I really liked pre-draft. Yeah. I know we've talked about it. Um, I didn't expect him to get this kind of draft capital. I was really excited when he did. I was a little less excited when it was the Patriots, because of course. Right. Um, but, I, I mean, you say Alvin Kamara, but he's faster. He's bigger. Yeah. He's uh, maybe not bigger. He's about the same size. About but, the same size. Um, I mean, I... I'm struggling because I don't know if he's quite James White because James White is like, that's all he can really do. And I think Pierre Strong is also a really good runner. Um, But I think that just kind of brings, it kind of brings to the point of like, he is the closest thing maybe that they have to a complete back. I think the other closest guy is probably Ramondre Stevenson. They're my two favorite guys in that room. Yeah. And like, if I was a fantasy manager and I was in charge of the Patriots for some reason, like, I think what I, what I would do is I would, I, I would, I would go with after the season when Damian Harris's contract is up and uh, what's his face is 31, James White. Yeah. Like, I think a Ramondre Stevenson and Pierre Strong backfield would be awesome. Yeah. Because they're both like Ramondre Stevenson. I liked him. We've had that conversation on this pod before. Like, I think he's pretty close to a complete back. I think he can do a little bit of everything. Um, But Pierre Strong has just kind of that breakaway speed that I don't think Ramondre necessarily has. Um, and he's probably a little bit better of a pass catcher too. So like, like it's in, it's, it's just, it's really interesting. It's really hard to just feel any sort of way because the Patriots just historically have not cared about anything when it comes to running backs. Like they just do whatever the hell they want all the time. Yes. Um, but like fourth round draft capital isn't bad. Um, especially for a guy out of a small school. Um, and he's got all the physical measurables that you could want. Really. Uh, he produced really well. Um, at the small school. So I don't know. I, I've taken him in like the third and fourth round sometimes of rookie drafts all over the place. I've ended up with him in a lot of places. And a lot of times it's me sitting there and saying, I'm betting on the talent of Pierre Strong and hoping that not this year necessarily, but a year from now, it will be him and Ramondre and he will have somewhat of a consistent role. Um, because I think before now, they've had a lot of running backs that can all do one thing. Yeah. Damian Harris. And uh, uh, James White, and I think I'm hoping for the future that like okay, they see these two guys can do a little bit of everything, and maybe you can just have the offense run with them. Yeah. So I mean, Pierre Strong has the the only well, I don't know about the the best profile on the team. If you were to say, hey, in in four years, a player on the Patriots is a top five running back in the league, you'd be like, oh, really? If you had to pick one, you'd be like, hmm. I think I want to pick Pierre Strong first. Yeah. Like that'd be the first guy. Like if you told me that was the answer, because it won't be Damian Harris. It can't be. No. And so you know what I mean. So that type of upside. Now I'm not saying that he's going to be that because that's very un- unlikely. But like yeah. when you're picking in the fourth round of a rookie draft, and that's the guy that you're getting, that's where the value is. So uh, yep. yeah, he was. I mean, dude, he had almost 1,700 rushing yards. He had almost 2,000 total yards. Seven I yards a carry, Strong. 18 touchdowns. Now he's an older love- player, and he was playing at South Dakota State. Yeah, but he ran a four three seven at almost 210 pounds. So it's yeah. not like it, it, the, the sort of the metrics match the 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 performance and the and the production. Um, and it, yeah, to an extent, I'm not necessarily sure how much age matters with running backs, I agree. and I feel like that's kind of a controversial statement. But I'm starting to think of it more in just terms of contracts. Like yes, I. 
I don't care if he comes like unlike wide receivers. I, I don't necessarily I, if he came out as a twenty five year old. So what? Like I just I don't I don't really care. Because well, the only reason that, I care, uh, Michael, is because if he was twenty five and dominated at a small school, he's probably just older than everybody. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I yeah, I care a little bit. All, that, but no, like, no, but I, I don't care about the, yes. the like. Oh, he's younger. Like, I want to get my yeah. wide receivers a little younger so I can have a longer, yes. you know, run with them. But with running back specifically, it's, like, it's one yeah. contract anyway. So if I get him from yeah. twenty three to twenty seven or twenty one yeah. to twenty five or whatever, who gives a shit? Twenty five was a bit of a hyperbole, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. But that's why um, I care about his age, not because I'm like, yes. oh no, he's gonna be old soon it's like that ah, doesn't really matter if he's good he's good if he's not he's done yeah. so yeah and i yeah i i just i think there's a realistic outcome that you know he could be really good this year yeah because i injuries happen to running backs all the time and i think if given the opportunity i have a hard time seeing him outright fail with that opportunity. yeah, yeah i'm glad we're talking through it I, I probably if i could go back in a couple of these rookie drafts i might have taken pierre strong over fill in the blank, whoever the fuck I took instead. So I'm moving them up. I, I really do think that the ceiling, especially once you get into those mid rounds of a rookie draft is worth it. Um, you yeah. know, because all you're really looking for is a, a, a hit. You're not looking for, see that I got a, you know, I got 500 rushing yards out of him and four touchdowns this yep. year. See, I told you're you looking for four yeah. games out of a season where he's a top, 15 yeah. running back exactly or some sort of crazy lucky you. situation where he's fucking jamal charles you know what i mean yeah or james I mean, robinson he's probably not but you know he, yeah he's pretty close to like if you just go look at jamal charles and then look at pierre no, strong like don't get me too excited i i love pierre strong <laughs> and saying. i i know i but you're gonna get me excited i'm just gonna sit here and talk about him more no but um, i mean that's the that honestly like it's yeah pretty fucking close uh you know again i'm not saying he's jamal charles that would not be a very good take but it yeah. is he's in that sort of i mean jamal charles was 511 not everyone has the physical ass attributes that yeah. pierre strong does to be able to pair with talent if he has jamal it. charles was 511 199 ran a 4.38 uh pierre strong is 511 207 ran a 4.37 yeah, so i mean 10. He's in there, you know, but there's a lot of other failed backs uh, with that profile as well. So no one's saying that, oh, yeah, because of this, he's that. It's just like, hey, pretty interesting. Moving on. So mid-round running backs. Okay. Um, A little earlier than uh, Pierre Strong, but three names you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, And I want to get your take on, I guess, each of them, how you're looking at them, where you're taking them, your thoughts on them as a whole. James Cook. Rashad White, Damian Pierce. Yeah. These are most often the guys that I think I'm seeing going like third through fifth in rookie drafts, drafts when it comes to running backs. Obviously, after um, uh, Brees Hall and, um, good Lord, uh, Kenny Walker. Drafted. Thank you, Walker. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, can we Who's call third him Kenny Skywalker? Whatever. No, listen. Oh, that's good. I like Thank that, you. actually. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Like, if you if you go through each one of them, they all have their merits. Like, and I don't know which one I want to take first. In general, I'm taking Rashad White first just because I have to stay on brand. Um, and I did like Rashad White before the draft. I thought he got good draft capital, which made me happy. I don't love the landing spot. I don't hate it. I mean, we shouldn't hate it. He just didn't get a clear path to, like, you know, he's the guy, you know, uh, you, you know, we like the James Cook landing spot better. We like the Damian Pierce landing spot better, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, a bad I mean, team. 
but yeah, the, but the I mean, he's gonna, he's he might be the most likely, even more so than Brees Hall or Kenny Walker, to have a day one impact in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, 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 he's in that conversation. Yeah, there's just nothing there, right? Exactly. Yeah. He was a sneaky receiver. We heard um, Noah Hills tell us that Damian Pierce was actually a really good pass catcher uh, and a really efficient runner. Um, you know, on a per play basis, because when you look at his box score, it was kind of meh. But then yeah. when you take a deeper look behind the curtain, and then also, you know, we 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 had great efficiency stats. Uh, with people like Noah Hills. And then when you talk to guys like Thor Nystrom, who were like, you know, film guys who were at the Senior Bowl, they were like, yeah, this kid was a fucking rock. And he was just killing people. And he was definitely the most pro-ready, pass-blocking, blah, blah, blah. Right? So, like, when you talk about both sides, uh, and then the NFL drafted him with some with some draft cap. Uh, yep. Fourth round, right near, uh, before um, Isaiah Spiller, right? I think so, but I will double-check that um yeah before Isaiah but he, he was the second pick of the fourth round right um, yes yeah. yeah that's what I thought he was right there as a matter of fact I was you know I think I tweeted something snarky like you know after day day two I said Isaiah Spiller still available and someone was there going yeah whatever tough guy he's going second overall right after this to you know Houston and I was like right. oh, that'd be a good spot and then they took Damian Pierce and I remember thinking well fucking a at least well, this team thinks Damian Pierce is better than Isaiah Spiller for their vacant running back spot. And yeah. so the NFL kind of agreed that he was pretty good, not outstanding, not, you know, world beater, but solid. And so I think that, you know, the the sort of the floor for Damian Pierce is, in, is tantalizing. I don't know that there's too much ceiling. The ceiling of you know, Rashad I, White I, is... I think the yeah, Real quick, I think the ceiling of Damian Pierce is actually not bad because I think Houston could surprise some people this year on offense. I mean, I sure. think Davis Mills might be better than like people want to talk about. I, they have some good options. Like I think as a whole, Houston might surprise some people. I mean, you're on such offense. a good person, Michael P. Duncan. You really are. You're a nice I, person. But if I had I to force, you, I don't think that. If I had yeah, to okay. force you to rank these offenses, you'd end up with Houston in the bottom three or four. I don't. I don't know about the bottom three or four. I'll give you the bottom like fourth of the league for sure. But, four fucking sure, man. But I don't know. I, I I think that they can be. They're not better than Detroit. I I'm not. I would not be willing to bet my life on that. No, no. I'm that saying like if you're ranking them, you're not no, I know. Rank. I mean, Amon Ra, Hawkinson, Swift. What the fuck? Davis injuries, Mills injuries, is not that much better than injuries. Huh? They have a lot of injury concerns on that offense. Chark, better I'm offensive the, line. Uh, injury. Um, I'm saying at the end of the season, if I if I if if I could see into the future, I would not be shocked to see a world where Houston's offense performed better than the Lions' offense. Sure, you wouldn't be shocked, but I just put pick the worst two. I think Houston's not a good offense. Let's just go there. I think uh, okay. I think the people are 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 wanting me to move on in this one. Christian Kirk argument all over again. It's not Christian Kirk, is it? Hey, people agreed with me. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Kirk? It was Christian Kirk. No, no, I'm talking about the uh, the guy you hit with the car. Poor old. Oh, man. yeah. No, to, to, I, to be fair, I didn't hit him. He actually did hit me on his way in the turn. He did. Uh, he hit the back the back of my car. Uh, I hit the truck he, that was sitting there doing nothing. He, yeah, the old man hit you 
in the front of your car with the side of his car. I saw what he did. That's no, no, brutal. he hit the he no. So the front of my car hit the truck that was yeah. sitting there doing nothing. The yeah. old man's car, who I swerved out of the way of, he hit the back of my car. Got it. He like clipped it as he was. I don't even know if he tried to get out of the way. He was just making his turn. Uh, mean, but yeah, he clipped yeah. with the front of his car. So, yes, technically, just, add, just, add, just say, hey, listen, we can forget all this, sir. Just put me in the will, and we're good. I mean, Jesus. I don't even want any money right now. Just when you pass, you know, an investment. Just, yeah, give me a piece. Uh, I mean, he might go for it. What's he care when he dies? I mean, who gives a shit? He pro- his kids are probably stupid. They don't even like him. You know, you were the nicest guy ever t- he met. You know what I mean? So I think you should Jesus. go for it. It's got dark really quick. Um, he, you said he was 80, man. I mean, it's not like, I mean, how long? You I mean, he, he looked pretty old. I don't know how I, I don't know. I'm not good with ages when they get, when it gets older. <laughs> yeah. He might've um, been like my age, you asshole. No, no. He just, he, <laughs> look, when he was making that turn before I even saw his face, I was like, this dude is old. There's no yeah, way he like, he just, he, he, and then I saw him and I was like, yeah, I mean, he's old. Judge e. like, P. Duncan. I, hey, I, this was in the moment where I'm like, holy shit. Am I about to die? Or am oh, I about to kill the driver of this car? It was like at a slow intersection. Don't don't oversell it. It wasn't that bad. It was, not, it was not at an intersection. It was oh, no? not at an intersection. It, I was driving down the road, and okay. I he was trying to turn into a parking lot. Okay. And I had to swerve into the entrance into the parking lot. I was Got going it. like 35, 40. I didn't really think I was going to die, but I was also like, I've never been in a car crash before. This is fun. Um, I wonder who's driving that car right now. I bet he's old because there's no fucking way he should have been trying to make this turn right now. James Cook. James Cook has this sort of like amazing um, pass catching, you know, floor ceiling thing. Like, in other words, like they clearly draft him in the second round to be that guy in Buffalo. There's just that's that's a that's what they did. Right. They wanted to get um, uh, J.D. McKissick. They couldn't get him. They did. And then they didn't. And then they had to, quote unquote, settle for James Cook. Now the NFL clearly loves James Cook. College, you know, college fans think James Cook is great. You know, he was he had a pretty good ADP heading in before the NFL draft and, and rookie drafts. And now here we are, he's playing for the best fucking team in the league with the best quarterback in the league and the best offense in the league, the most pass happy team yeah. in the league. And there he is. So like it's like I mean, he does not profile as a as a as a top end back in this league. Like, you know, he's just he's smaller, pass catcher, never received what did Noah Hill say? He never had more than 10 or 11 carries in any game in his college career. Like, but so what? Right? Uh, you know, we sort of had a lot of these issues except for the size with Alvin Kamara when he came out. Like, so yeah. In the new NFL, a more pass happy league, there's a path where even 5 to 10 carries per game for James Cook, but five to 10 targets per game for James Cook could be a very, very fruitful fantasy asset. That's what you're hoping for with James Cook and Buffalo. The floor is a little bit scary if he's sort of split in time as a back and, you know, doesn't see all that much. But, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... I don't think he's being overdrafted as much as I thought he was probably going to be. I think people are being smart and not taking him until the end of first rounds of rookie drafts. Um, but like, I don't know. I Just because that they pass the ball a lot doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get a large amount of work. Um, I like Devin Singletary as a runner. 
Um, I don't know how I feel necessarily about James Cook as a runner. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, he's not someone that I'm ending up with. I yeah. think that most of the time that there's going to be a wide receiver that I like better. And I think I've made the mistake so many times of taking a run, like reaching on a running back that I didn't necessarily like in that one, two turn in a rookie draft, you know, like the Keyshawn Vaughn's of the world, like right. a guy that I'm like, Oh, easy path to playing. I don't like him very much as a talent, but I, the NFL clearly likes him enough. And it's just like, I've been burned more times than not. So I don't know. Like I'd rather take a wide receiver that is in a much better position who yeah. I believe in more as a talent and then take uh Pierre strong two rounds later. Like that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with him. I don't feel great about him at his value because I think most people weren't that thrilled about him pre-draft. And yeah. I don't, I'm not convinced that this is as good of a landing spot as it might kind of look on paper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's right. I mean, he's a, he's a risky proposition because we're not exactly sure how that all plays out, but there's so much, so much uh, goodness when you look at the, the, the team and, you know, if you're in PPR leagues, obviously this kid could, you know, he could catch a lot of balls. And then you yeah. go to Rashad White, and again, I'm I'm thinking. So for me, it's like I just have these guys so close, but I'm just ending up with Rashad White when I when I pick between them. Also, I find that James Cook tends to go ahead of like George Pickens. Uh, yeah, that's of, what I mean. Yeah, exactly. he kind of he's kind of gone. So then it's a lot of times it's Rashad White versus Damian Pierce, and I think it's yes. fine. I mean, if you really need a like a an RB two three flex type of running back, and you're like, dude, Damian Pierce, just pick him. It's fine. Just pick him. Yeah. I mean, there's no problem with that. Like you just need some production and you're like, he's going to be fine. I'll be no, no problem with that. Picking Damian Pierce over Rashad white. I just feel like Rashad white has that ceiling. It appears as though with third round draft capital that uh, Tampa Bay at least thinks the same. And I remember when we said that about Keyshawn Vaughn, I know, but you know what? It's not even Keyshawn me like Vaughn was a bum. trashing on Rashad yep. white turned out to be a bum. Look, Keyshawn Vaughn had all the opportunity in the world to make, something happened in Tampa Bay and didn't do it. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I think it is true. I think, he's I, a bum. and this is not me excusing. I, I don't want this to sound as if I'm, excu- yeah. I'm excusing him, but like, I think very similar to Rashad white. Like, I don't think he's I like Keisha Vaughn didn't really walk into a situation in year one where it's like, this is your job. He was like the third, fourth string guy and didn't really play at all. He didn't show that to the Tom Brady invitational, like, Come I know. throw passes I, with me in the yes, summertime. I know, I know, I know. I mean, no, but really, that's it. Like, that's all you need to know. Like, but if Tom Brady, that did, if that did not Tom Brady single, calls and says, "Hey, show up to this thing I'm throwing," you're like, I know. Clear, eh, again, I'm I'm not trying to excuse on. Keyshawn He's Vaughn, but like Rashad Rashad White does not have a super clear path to any type of uh, like volume this year. If Rashad White doesn't show up to that shit too, I'll tell you the same thing. It's just, no, it's true, Michael. I mean, I, like, know, I, I get what you're saying and I agree it impacted. That did not make or break his entire career. It might have. I. It, but it, no, it didn't. It might have. It didn't. It had more to do with his talent overall than <laughs> if he sucked and show up to that camp, he's still not playing. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. If, if I showed up to that yeah. camp and said, I'm a running back yes. for the, the Bucks, I'm not playing in yeah, the next I, game I think, with Tom Brady. I, think he is I talented. suck. I think he is talented, actually. And I think that's kind of the point is that, you know, I think I mentioned it on the other pod, too, is like, you know, sometimes we get so excited about like Khalil Herbert comes in and he's awesome. Of course, he's awesome. He's a fucking NFL running back. You know what I mean? Like, they're all really good. 
And so it's really how much of an opportunity can you carve out for yourself? Look, I'm sure he's fucking awesome. Like Keyshawn Vaughn is probably rocked up in a way that like it's fast and he's unbelievable. He's a fucking NFL running back. But the, the difference between these guys is such a slim margin that sometimes you have to outwork somebody, which is probably why Ken Walker, Kenny Walker. What, what do you call him? Kenneth Walker. Kenneth? Ken? Kenny? I prefer Kenneth, but I believe that he's been going by Ken. He has been going by Ken. I've which seen is this. very, I don't like it. That's, I think, my least favorite option for him. I think personally. I like Kenny Walker. You know? Don't like that either. Um, yeah. I like Kenny, just not I'm the way put he's the, Walker. I'm, I'm putting this on the Twitter poll. What the fuck are we calling this guy? I mean, it should be Kenneth, I think. It's going to be Kenneth, it's be it Kenneth be Kenny. Ken, Kenny, or other. And I'm going to I'm gonna look to the to the crowd to help us figure this fucking thing out. Because I go to say his name. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It used to be I Kenneth be Walker. Kenneth. I know. Like I thought I like Kenneth. I, it has like a Jonathan Taylor kind of yeah, vibe. There you go. Like he doesn't right. go by John Taylor. Like, no, he's not fucking that's kind of stupid. Johnny Jonathan Taylor. Taylor right? Yeah, like that's dumb. It's I, I don't Jonathan know. fucking Taylor. I, if he went by Kenneth, I think I would. I think I would draft him higher, and I, 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 I fully mean that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great. Because if Jonathan Taylor went by John Taylor, I would not be nearly yeah, get as that annoyed. guy off the. Fucking that's not. Field. He's not a generational talent anymore. No, like no, we decided Taylor. at the beginning of the podcast, like a hundred percent. Yeah, no, so I think we have now come full, full circle. circle. Yeah, full circle. 100%. That's the show right there. I mean, you got to end on Kenneth fucking Walker. Well, it's not. It's not Kenneth. It's not. Well, that that's apparently it's Ken. It's Obviously, Ken. you're gonna let Twitter decide, but yeah. the sleeper says it's Ken, and I've yeah. been reading Ken. So. That's bothering me. I I agree. All right, I, I stand well, by. Well, we're Kenneth. gonna have to it's fix this. I don't option. know how we. I don't know what we do about this. I don't um, think there is anything. Is there anything we can do? Absolutely not, unless okay. anyone knows him personally. But I would assume that this is probably an active choice that he's made mm. um, to go by Ken. Well, let, let's uh, let's let's handle it. Let's let's figure it out. I'm gonna send the Twitter poll out. We'll let the people decide we what this dude's name should be, not what it is, what it should be. Yeah, I agree. And we can just send him the link to the Twitter poll and then let him take it from there. Maybe send it to his agent. Well, thanks for thanks for joining me, Michael P. Duncan. Uh, I'm so sorry that your Philadelphia 76ers are out of the playoffs and that you are still stuck with James Harden. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, I remember the moment when you thought that was actually a good thing. My goodness, you poor. I mean, it's poor. better. It's better than a dude that didn't play. I whatever. I don't care. <laughs> better better than a dude that straight up didn't play a single a uh, single second of the season. So he whatever. was awful. Ben Simmons is the definition of a loser. I mean, this guy is awful. I mean, what a. I mean, how can you not want to play in that series when you have played all year? I mean, you gotta. He's just a non-competitor. It's awful. I mean, what an absolute bum. I hate it here. I hate it here. And that that is a show, baby. On behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of my guest and the greatest producer in the world and a super, super sad Philadelphia 76er fan, Michael P. Duncan. I am Jax Falcone. And we are...